Today on episode number 644 of the School of Podcasting, we have Noah from the History of Vikings. And anybody who starts a podcast kind of knows this. You never really know what your show's truly going to be until you start hearing from your audience, until you start launching your show. And when he launched his show five months later, he had 10,000 downloads per episode. A couple weeks ago, I talked about the importance of focus groups. I'll tell you what I learned when I put myself on the hot seat. And we've got some golden nuggets in a podcast rewind. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your Hall of Fame award-winning personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology. I help you face your fears and flatten the learning curve and get you growing your podcast. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. We're going to talk about growing your podcast today, but I need to let you know you can save 20% when you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and you can sign up on a monthly, yearly subscription, or buy any of the courses a la carte. So I got an email from a guy named Noah Tetzner, and he actually showed in the email that he actually listens to this show and said, hey, uh, I've been starting my podcast. I've been, uh, I'm 17. It's been a few months. I'm up to 10,000 downloads an episode. And I went, all right, you got my attention. How'd you go about doing that? And when he explained what he did, I said, you got to come on my show. So let's uh, pull up a chair and listen to what Noah had to say. Noah, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. It's an honor to be with you. Yeah, you can find his show. It's over at thehistoryofvikings.com. Well, first of all, how old are you? Yeah, I'm 17 years old. I was going to say, you sound like a youngin. What inspired you to, because to me, when I think 17-year-old kid, I'm thinking Xbox and Call of Duty. Do they have any kind of like Viking video games? Yeah, there's a new one that just came out. There you go. Yeah, God of War. So Excellent. So what inspired you to, to start a podcast about Vikings? Yeah, I mean, well, I've always been a huge podcast listener, just, you know, a podcast junkie uh, listening to your show and uh, just a lot of other ones. Uh, the Solopreneur Hour, Smart Passive Income, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Uh, and I've always loved history, been a lifelong history buff. But I found that, and no offense to any history podcast that, podcasters that are listening, but a lot of the history podcasts out there weren't as exciting as they could have been. Indeed, most of the history podcasts out there were script written. Uh, so it's basically like you're listening to an audiobook. And while there's nothing wrong with that, I just thought, you know, why don't we make history fun and exciting for people? So I bring on you know, uh, a Viking age or Norse mythology related scholar every episode. I've had, you know, professors from Oxford, Harvard, Yale University as regular guests. And every episode, we just, you know, dive into a a deep discussion about uh, the history of Vikings. The one thing that you you did that I was like, hmm, because I kind of thought I bet podcasters are going to start doing this. Can, Can we talk about your numbers? Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. well, first of all, you've been doing this for how many months? Uh, five months. We just hit five months. Five months. And roughly how many downloads per episode? I release one episode a week. 
every Monday, and I do uh, just over 10,000 downloads a week. Okay. Uh, now, did you hear that sound? That was the sound of a lot of people spitting out their coffee right now going, what? <laughs> so, so how are you doing that? That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say that the way that I've been able to grow the show so quickly is I would say there's basically two different approaches that I've taken. Number one, and this is probably the most important, uh, you know, you've heard it said, probably everyone who's listening, podcasting is a relationship building business. You have to build relationships. And that's precisely what I've done. I've guested on, you know, probably over, you know, 15 different podcasts. And uh, believe it or not, I've actually talked about Vikings on very few of them. I've reached out to a lot of history podcasters, you know, English history podcasts, German history podcasts, and just basically said, hey, if you ever need somebody to talk about uh, what the Vikings were doing in the, in the country that you co- cover, uh, let me know. Uh, but I'm also homeschooled as it happens. So I've reached out to a lot of homeschooling podcasts and basically said, hey, uh, you know, here's kind of my story as a homeschooler, my journey. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting to hear, you know, a homeschooler's take on homeschooling? Uh, so I've been on a lot of shows like that and building relationships with hosts. Uh, in the early days, I did a lot of uh, ad swaps, as they're called. You know, I'll record a one-minute promo of my show. You send me a one-minute promo of your show. But then the second, um, the second thing that I've done that's really helped my downloads tremendously is I've actually uh, sponsored other history podcasts, whereas I paid the host to mention my show. And uh, I've had a lot of success with that. Uh, I recently bought a sponsorship for, and I'll just be transparent, uh, this one was a little bit pricier, $150. And mind you, I'm a teenager, so you know I don't have all the money in the world. Uh, but I, I bought this, this sponsorship, and it was on a pretty you know, big history podcast. And I got tons of reviews from it that sent me to 150 in society and culture. There was definitely a spike few thousand downloads that that weren't there and that was very successful now that 150 is that for like a single episode for multiple episodes for a month what's what's that get you yes so that one was a little bit different that one they uh it was kind of like a cross rss so they literally took an episode that i did and put it on their feed oh interesting okay well that's actually that's again that's why it's 150 bucks you're basically saying hey Will you put my show in front of your audience? That's uh wow. Okay. That's different. Now, how did you go about approaching those people? I basically went to the podcast networks. That was kind of my first thing. Uh, there's probably two or three different history podcasting networks. And I kind of studied the shows that were in the networks, tried to decipher uh, how big their audience was, which is difficult to do. Just basically, you know, reading up on their blogs, uh, seeing how many reviews they had, how long they'd been around. And then I just reached out to the network and said, hey, I'd like to inquire about the possibility of me sponsoring some of your shows uh, what would what would that look like price wise and uh, basically the average price that it was for me was 50 bucks an episode for their standard network shows which was pretty reasonable because those shows have been around five plus years uh, so I've had a lot of success doing that nice now in addition you said that's obviously reaching out to sponsors you said you also guested on other folks shows a lot of people ask about that how did you approach those people? Basically, what I've done is, number one, I looked for shows that were booking guests regularly. And I just said, so like, here's an example. So let's say I wanted to essentially, you know, 
pitch that sounds bad, but pitch a homeschooling podcast to have me on their show. I would say, you know, dear so-and-so, my name's Noah Tetzner. I was homeschooled, you know, all my life. And basically, you know, I love your show. I love what you do. Here's why I believe, you know, homeschooling is awesome. And here's the benefits that I've seen in my own life because of it. If you ever need a guest on your show, I'm your guy. Uh, So it was just very casual. It was genuine because these are all shows that I actually, you know, have listened to. So that's the thing I would say for people who are looking to guest on other shows, be genuine, do your research. Although, and I have guested on shows that don't bring on guests regularly, but uh, I really established relationships with them, you know, just over social media, sharing each other's stuff all the time. So it's kind of like that. Well, and I want to back because you, I, obviously you're, kind of paraphrasing here, but when you say, Hey, I love your stuff. Were you actually quoting something from their show or were you actually just saying, I love your stuff? Yeah, I would definitely say something specific. Um, you know, this episode really spoke to me, that type of thing. See, now this is, (laughs) this is what I refer to as you did your homework. Have you had any people say no to anything that you've suggested? Yeah, I have. So um, when I did promo swaps, that was me just DMing people over social media. And I would also ask for an exchange of reviews. So I'd get a review at the same time. And, you know, I just said, hey, you know, again, introduced myself, love your show. Uh, Would you be interested in doing an an exchange of uh, plugs? And I... You know, these were people who obviously weren't, you know, crazy big. They were kind of more at my level, uh, you know, at about the same level I was in terms of probably audience size, maybe a little bit bigger. And, uh, you know, I basically got yes just about every time. Anytime someone said no, it was because, oh, sorry, we have, you know, sponsorships and announcements that we have to take care of. Got it. And you mentioned that you were, you're kind of monitoring your, your up and down on, on the charts. Are you seeing anything? Because I, I know you talk a lot about reviews. Are you seeing any, but like where you get more reviews that you're actually getting more downloads or, or anything of that nature? I've always seen reviews as social proof, but I'm not sure they do much for you. Are you seeing something different than that? What I've found is I wouldn't say reviews bring in more listeners directly, uh, but they definitely do, you know, help me in the charts. Like, let's say there's one day where I get five reviews submitted that day. Like, I'm definitely going to get a little spike in my category in the charts. So, like, right now, I'm trending in around between 75 and 100 in history in the US, which is my category history. And that's because I'm like, consistently getting reviews. I I have found that if I, if there's periods of time, you know, a week where I don't get any new reviews, you know, I'll just fall off the radar, but it really helps with the charts. If you care about that, because, you know, when pitching to sponsors or whatever, you know, that could be, by the way, my podcast is ranked this in the world. Uh, But in terms of downloads, no, I don't really think it brings in too many more listeners. Got it. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I I always tell people if I'm, if I'm going to say review me, I always preface that with please subscribe because that's really i feel at least a little more important it's great to have the the review as social proof but it's the subscription that that leads to downloads and i think downloads have a little more oomph in the charts but i guess we'll we'll see as we go on how do you know when your show is successful like why did you start this show besides the fact that you love history i knew that i wanted to do a history podcast but it was like you know, I could do a history podcast that is just the history of everything. You know, there's plenty right. of those. Out there. Uh, but 
I, I did understand from listening to, you know, business podcasts and podcasts about podcasting uh, like your, your own, that uh, there is immense power in, you know, niche marketing. Um, so the Viking, you know, niche is absolutely huge. I mean, with the hit TV show, right. you know, and everything else. And there was like, there was a few podcasts out there, but they were more of the traditional the traditional type. Uh, they didn't bring on any guests. It was all script read. So I thought, what a perfect opportunity to to make history fun in a, a very interesting time period in history at that. Do you happen to know what episode you're on right now? Episode 31. Okay. So when you listen to episode one, what goes through your brain? Yeah, honestly, like when I just listened back to episode one, Starting the podcast, I didn't know that it would be a guest show. Like I knew I wanted to do something different. I knew I wanted to have guests on occasionally at least, but I didn't know that I would get so many guesses to coming on the show. Obviously, it's a guest show, uh, but I didn't know it would be like that. And anybody who starts a podcast kind of knows this. You never really know what your show's truly going to be till you start hearing from your audience, until you start launching your show. So I look back and it's just like, wow look at everything's happened. Just so many exciting opportunities and listening to episode one, you know, it's, it's kind of cringy, but at the same time, it's like, okay, it's, it has a little charm to it because, uh, you know, going back to, to the roots of the show and yeah. So it's really interesting. When you first started this, what was going, did you have any kind of imposter syndrome? Like, Oh, who's going to listen to me? I'm just a 17 year old kid and yada, yada, yada. Did you have any kind of that head trash as uh, Randy Cantrell likes to call it? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I mean, just imposter syndrome, tons of doubt. I mean, I will admit it. I had wanted to start a podcast probably two years before I actually started the darn show. You know, at first I was debating what kind of show do I want to do? How am I going to do it? I don't have a solid concept. I don't know enough about this topic. But then I realized, of course, you don't actually have to be the expert on the topic that you're talking about, uh, which was just an absolutely just monumental mindset shift for me when I discovered that concept. Uh, But yeah, definitely lots of doubt, lots of imposter syndrome. Kind of crazy. I mean, I still deal with uh, doubt to this day, but I've proven a concept which uh, keeps me going. I would say, as well as uh, all of the nice listeners that I talk to and come in contact with. How geeky are you? I guess is the question. I mean, are you doing your own website? Did you have any kind of history with audio? All the all the techie parts of this. How did you tackle all that? Yeah, no way. I have never been good with technology. Uh, I literally spent two hours trying to figure out how to hear myself in my studio headphones when talking into my microphone connected to my Mackie mixer. Had no idea what I was going to do for the website for the longest time. I just thought, okay, not going to do a website. Don't have to have one for my podcast. Of course, it's hosted by the awesome podcast websites, uh, which is super simple. They made it for me. So I had no idea what I was doing when I first started in terms of production or or anything, really. There you go. Mark and Ramona taking care of you over there. That's cool. Are there any plans to to monetize this at all? Is that something that even interests you? Yeah, it it is. It it definitely is. I'm really, I'm kind of like just taking the baby steps of monetization. I've had a few sponsors on my podcast uh, that I've, you know, initiated and I've been able to make some 
good pocket change with that, uh, which you know I've put into the show and, and everything else. But you know the people at podcast websites. Just a, a shout out to Ramona Rice. Uh, I was having a discussion with her in the mastermind session, and uh, now I totally have a, a whole different avenue that I'm going to take uh, when it comes to monetization. But yeah, definitely going down the monetization path. Both uh, Mark and Ramona, and now they have uh, Jessica is working over there now too as well. So you got a, a good team over there. And if you had any advice for somebody thinking of starting a podcast, what would that advice be? I would say just launch the show, like just go. You'll never know if you don't try. You're, you're wasting so much time trying to obsess over, you know, what the concept of the show is going to be, what, you know, how is it going to go? Just uh, get your website up, get your podcast going, get great artwork. That's, you know, the first impression someone has of your show and just have fun with it. Enjoy the journey. And once you get a taste of success, you will crave it. And that's how great podcasts are built. So, uh, well, Noah, thank you so much, everybody. You can find his show at, again, thehistoryofvikings.com. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your growth strategies. Thank you so much for having me, Dave, and keep up the great work. I like that he said you can't really know if your show is any good until you launch it. And I think there are a lot of people that are really, and I mean really overthinking their launch. They're obsessing over every single detail and you just got to launch and contact me. If you listen to the show, look, get an ATR 2100 or a Samson Q2U microphone. Libsyn Blueberry Podbean is a media host. I prefer Libsyn, but of course you're going to say, I say that because I'm a employee, but no, really I've been with them for 12 years and get some artwork and get going. That's all you really need. And the other thing he talked about reviews there. And if you listen, uh, if you go to new and noteworthy info, you'll hear how I don't think getting in the charts, getting up the charts really boosts your download numbers. And if you notice, he did say this. Uh, but in terms of downloads, no, I don't really think it brings in too many more listeners. And he wasn't a geek. Now, in his case, he went over to podcastwebsites.com. You can go to Libsyn. You can go to Blueberry. There are all sorts of, you can go, I don't know, the school of podcasting will walk you through the whole process. And look at what's happening now. He's five months in, but he said he sat there for what, two years, something like that with that mixer? What if it actually started two years ago? And I always say the best time to start a podcast was back in 2004. The next best time to start a podcast is right now. And I would love to help you with that. Go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener and I can walk you through the entire process. Now, how do I do that? Because I have multiple courses that will walk you through everything from planning your podcast to picking your equipment to building your website if you don't have one and how to promote it and how to get it into Libsyn and Blueberry and all these other places. It's all step by step. And if you have any questions on anything, you just email me and you will get an answer really, really quick. Now, if for some reason I get hit by a bus, you've got the private Facebook group that will also answer your questions. And we've got two live Q&A sessions every single month. So if you have any questions, come on in. I'll share my screen and I will show you exactly what to do. Check it out again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. 
Got a couple clips for you here. I was on the big podcast with David Hooper talking about podcasting and just how do you do it for so long. Here's a quick clip. And the reason you're in the Hall of Fame, I think it's because of the impact that you've had. And you've done this through a ton of podcasts, probably thousands of episodes. Yeah, many of them are, they start out as a test. So I, some of you go, well, what do you think about this thing? And I go, I don't know. I, I need to give it a test. All right. Well, I need to create a podcast. So I'll create bestpodcastinggear.com. And then somebody go, well, what about, have you ever used this thing? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, now I got to need another. Po- all right. How about because of my podcast.com? Okay, great. And this one, what do you think? So it's always, you know, podcast rodeo show was supposed to last a month. And I've had plenty that were awful that like, I remember once I, uh, I won an award once for being a customer service person. So I was going to start a customer service show and I did, I think seven episodes and it was just me complaining. It was like, you know, I went into McDonald's today and it was just like, okay, who wants to listen to that? Uh, there was some sort of multi-level marketing thing that I got sucked into and I started a podcast about it. And then I realized that, wait, this is a big scam. So I've done like, it's, it's somewhere between 25 and 30 shows before I was talking about imposter syndrome on this show. What really got me interested in the topic was when I went on Podcast Envy with Andrea Clunder. We talked a whole bunch of things on her show. My first training gig, I would go out to offices and teach people how to run their copier equipment. And so it was just always a matter of seeing somebody going, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, oh, it's easy. Let me show you how to do this, this, and that. And so that just kind of led to to podcasting. And my three big itches, I'm a musician as well. So podcasting is it's creative, it's geeky, and then I get to help people. So it scratched about every itch I have. I had a great conversation on the unstructured podcast. Here's a clip. I never heard it, but I always wanted to hear it. Kathy Lee Gifford had a podcast for a while before she was on the Today Show. And I was like, I would have loved to uh, heard that. And I think in some cases they don't get what it is. Like my favorite was, I don't know if it's still going or not, but Andrew Dice Clay had one for a while. He was a big Howard Stern fan (laughs) and he would reset like he was on radio. Like he'd be like 10 minutes in. He's like, all right, you're listening to the dice, man. It's we're doing the thing. And they're like, okay, dice. We, you know, I, I didn't fast forward. I heard you the first time, you know, 10 minutes later. All right. You're listening to the dice show. And I'm like, okay. He's, I'm like, he thinks he's on the radio. Like, you know, people are tuning in and out. So that's when I was like, yeah, that's uh and consequently I tuned out after a while. And last up, I was on the Word from Mouth podcast. You can find that at mouthpodcast.com. And we had one of these things called a dialogue where I explain something and I go, I kind of disagree with you on this. And then they give you their point. And uh, here was my point. And what kind of threw me back is at one point you said, how is a person in Iowa going to find a knitting podcast? That was your exact quote. And I went, is, is Google dead? And so a friend of mine, I said, you go to Google. I'm going to go to Apple podcasts and I typed in knitting. He typed in knitting podcast and he got not only one, but he got an actual post that said, here are the top seven knitting podcasts. Yeah. And so I'm not sure when somebody says something like, like a VC person, she even said something about, we need uh, stats, better stats. And I'm like, wait, downloads aren't good enough. Knowing how long somebody listens at Apple podcasts isn't good enough. I don't understand why we're trying to hold podcasting up to like, can you do that in a newspaper? Nope. Can you do it on the radio? Not exactly accurately. We, we let 10 people, you know, dictate 
15,000 or whatever. I'm, and I'm pulling those numbers right out of my butt. Yeah. Uh, you know, all this other media, nobody has this scrutiny, but we're like, well, we need to know if somebody listened or not. I'm like, well, in Apple podcasts, if you don't listen to the last five episodes, they quit downloading your show. But, you know, if I don't read any of the last five newspapers, does the newspaper guy quit delivering it? No. So I'm just sometimes when I hear an opportunity for somebody to point this out to somebody who's trying to find out information about our industry, I'm like, whoa, hold on. Now, I want to throw in something here. You know how I've always said, it's a Stephen Covey rule, always understand before being trying to be understood. And so I was like, why is this guy saying these things? Like, what, what do you mean you can't find a knitting podcast? It doesn't make any sense. And I never asked him. And then as I'm talking to him on this show, I find out a very vital piece of information. And what was that information? He's a brand new dad. <laughs> And gets about three hours sleep a night. And I went, you know what? Everything makes so much sense now. So everything we talked about, all those shows, I will have links to those out in the show notes. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash 634. Dusting off some cobwebs. That's right, the revolution. Back in the day, that was like our national anthem. The band was Cruise Box. You could find it on the Podsafe Music Network. Neither one is still around. <laughs> and I, for some reason, that song got stuck in my head. And I was like, hey, I'm going to throw that in there because that was legal back in the day. Because all I had to say was available on the Podsafe Music Network. Well, in episode 632, I said, you know, one of the things your podcast probably needs is a focus group. Now, I do a show called the Podcast Review Show with my buddy Eric K. Johnson. He's got 30 years in radio. I got 13 years in podcasting. We go over your podcast with a fine-tooth comb. You can find that at podcastreviewshow.com. But one of my favorite bosses in the multiple times I've worked in the corporate world was a guy named Scott. I can't remember his last name. He was so good to me that I can't remember his last name, but it's, it's been back in the day. And he would work the night shift because I was at a place where you would work like one week, you'd work eight to five, but one week out of the month, you worked one to nine, which did wonderful things for your sleeping habits. And he would occasionally pull that shift. I'm like, dude, you're like the boss. Why are you working one to nine? And he said, simply, I would never ask an employee to do something that I myself would not do. So I said a couple weeks ago, you should probably find your target audience that's not named mom and ask them to talk about your show like you're not in the room. Well, I'm in a mastermind group and you should get one. They're handy. And for the record, you don't have to pay $5,000 to be in a mastermind group. I've got a lawyer in mind. I've got a graphic artist. I've got uh, someone who's got a writing background. I've got a couple audio editors. And it's fun. And we one of the things we do is you get what we call the hot seat. You know, basically where you're focused on. And you come in and you say, hey, here's, here's what I'm kind of working on. Here's what I'm struggling with. What do you guys think? And that is a very scary question. What do you think? Because they may not say good things. And so what I found out 
is I said, hey, you know, I, I send people to school at podcasting.com slash start. I send people to school at podcasting.com slash work with me. And I'm just going to make this brief because I realize what do you care that I got to fix? But here's some of the things I heard. I don't expand enough on what people get so they don't see the value because one of the members is a member of the school of podcasting because you don't even mention half the stuff that you do. And I'm like, oh, they also mentioned that I have bullet points where it's like, hey, you get blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And he said, like, the most important bullet point is at the bottom of the list. Why aren't you leading off with that? And I was doing something new and where I was offering just six hours of consulting to use in whatever fashion you want. You want a 15 minute meeting this week and a two hour meeting next week at six hours, use it however you want. And you know what? That doesn't work. And they, and it was just a matter of listening to kind of what uh, your audience wants. And so uh, now this is all about marketing, but it works as well for your content. And one of them said, I would hire somebody to write this for you because Dave, you cannot write about yourself. You do not give yourself enough credit. And Another person said, hey, Dave, what's the difference between your three-hour consulting package and your six-hour consulting package? And I went, you know what? That's a good question. And again, I, I kept hearing, you're not really expanding on what people are getting. And it was funny. They said, uh, I've never been to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, but apparently whatever the audio you're using on that page is in Flash. And uh, yeah, so it was asking people to update their Flash player. Well, there you go. That needs a little updating. And uh, I basically gave them too many options to choose from. And I didn't explain enough how people are going to benefit. And so my point is, I could go on, but really, what do you care about what I need to change? My point is, this was really good feedback. And I am weird in this aspect because I think, again, well, number one, my background is in teaching, not in sales. It's just not. I've read a lot of Tom Peters books. I've a lot of Zig Ziglar and the the woman, the redheaded woman in the pump handle. Uh, I love me Zig Ziglar. He's a good guy. Uh, but that's not my strength. And so they gave me some really good feedback. So you've got to be able to kind of handle the fact that, you know what, maybe this isn't perfect. But my background is I'm never perfect. I'm always looking to constantly improve. I'm always thinking there's something better I can do. And it's hard when you're dealing with art, when you just spent seven hours editing this thing and somebody goes, eh, it's all right. You're like, wait, wait, what? I just spent eight hours making the world's perfect interview. My guest sounds great. And they go, ah. and here's the key. You have to get your target audience. Because I can tell you uh, the Viking show. I was listening to Noah's Viking show this evening and I went, you know what? I am not this guy's target audience for whatever reason. Vikings do not do anything for me unless they're named Fran Targington. That's a really, you have to be old to get that joke. And uh, so that doesn't mean he has a bad show. It just means I'm not his target audience. This is why you need somebody who should like your show. So if you do a, a podcast about podcasting and I go, eh, well, okay, again, maybe I'm not your show. And we even heard Noah today say, hey, I was listening to these other history shows. They weren't doing the show that I wanted to hear. And I've heard so many people start that. Uh, my buddy Ryan Jackson is going to be starting a new podcast. And he said, you know what? I hear a lot of things about podcasting, but they're not talking about what I want to talk about. And I just found another one, Pod T 
tips or something like that. A lot of shows coming out about podcasting, but most of them are like, hmm, you know, Dave, you're cool and all, but you're not talking about what I want to talk about. Daniel's nice, but he's not talking about what I want to talk about. So you can do whatever you want. It's really up to you. But I have so many people, in fact, Rob Walsh on the latest edition of The Feed. You can find that at thefeed.lipson.com. And can we talk for a second? Can we, we need to, I know, hold on, come here. We need to sit down because I, we, we need to talk. We do. And this is the problem. We know that there are people out there that are getting, well, Noah is getting 10,000 downloads per episode. That's a lot of classrooms. That's a whole lot of people listening to that. And we get excited and that's true. And that's, that's uh, the beautiful thing about it's a 17 year old kid. It's not like he brought a huge email list and that is hope for the rest of us that aren't coming from, Oh, well it's Joe Rogan. Yeah. Well, Joe Rogan has been a stand up comic. He's been on NBC for years. He was in uh, the one radio show. Of course he has a big audience. This guy came from nothing and that's really cool. But, there are people, and, and what is Noah focusing on? He's focusing on, focusing on getting more audience. Now, he's doing it a little different. We had Danny Pena on a couple of weeks ago. Danny's going outside of the podcasting bubble. He made a movie about his podcast and is submitting it to different film festivals. That's trying to get what we call the 83%. 83% of Americans don't listen to podcasts on a weekly basis. Danny's going after the 83%. Noah's doing the opposite. He's like, look, I want to find people who are already listening and like listening to history podcasts, and I want them to know I exist. Neither It's like whatever you want to do, but you also have to have the right show. And so I had, uh, let me put it this way. I'm a musician, and if I had five songs, just it, just five songs, and I said, hey, can I make a living with these five songs? Maybe, if they're really good five songs. But realistically, can I make a living? I've been, I've been playing for, uh, you know, three months. I got five songs. They all kind of sound the same. Can I make a living at that? Or what if you say, hey, I'm an actor. I just moved to uh, Los Angeles. And uh, I've been on five auditions. And I got a pretty good shot at a commercial. Can I make a living at this? Or you're an author and you go, you know, I've got five manuscripts. I've got them submitted to different uh, agents and things of this nature. And uh, the one says that he, he likes it a lot. Can I make a living at this? The answer is maybe it depends. And the problem is, like Noah is going, he's building his audience first because you don't, you don't make money from a podcast. You make money from an audience. Crowdfunding. Lovely word, isn't it? I want to use Patreon to do crowdfunding. Step one, get a crowd. And so one of the ways you can get a crowd to kind of wrap this back into what I was talking about is you got to make sure your show is good. And the only way you can know if your show is good is to get it in front of people. And if you're brand new, the same way that the first song I wrote was not good at all. 
And the first poem I ever wrote was not good at all. I was looking at the first book I wrote called Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum. No, not my best thing ever. But that was the first book I ever got onto Amazon. I self-published. But it's a place to start. But I'm seeing more and more people. And look, there is nothing wrong with wanting to make money with your podcast. Some people want to do it. Some people more on the faith kind of side of the world just want to get their message out. Bless you. Get your message out. You don't have to worry about making any money. Although I will say there are a lot of faith-based shows that the first thing out of their mouth is, hey, welcome to the Jesus is Cool show. Can you, and why do they always have a Southern accent? I don't know, Ryan, I'm sorry. But, you know, send in $20 a day and get the Jesus hanky. I'm like, really? The Jesus hanky? Uh, anyway, I'm I'm getting tangents here. But the point is, if you're, and again, there's nothing wrong with this. If you're getting into podcasting to make, and the key word is here, quick money. That is the sole reason is to make quick money. And your plan is, I'm going to put out seven episodes. I'm going to promote it on Twitter. And then I'm going to kick back and I'm going to make tons of cash. I'm here to tell you that you have about the same amount of chance of doing that as a musician, as an author, as a poet, and an actor. Because we're all kind of in the entertainment business, in a way. And it ain't easy. It takes a lot of hours. It takes of I, I, I think about my days as a musician. We played a club on a regular basis. It wasn't a club. It was a restaurant. And they would pull out a... They would pull out a booth. So think about how big a booth is. And we would then cram five guys where the booth was and a drum set and a keyboard and speakers to say it was a little cramped. It was a little cramped. Seven years later, we opened up for a Blue Oyster cult show. Now realize that would be saying something if it was 1977, but this was like in the 90s when people were like, Blue Oyster, what? Come on, don't fear the Reaper, Godzilla. But it was cool. It was in front of a couple thousand people. It was seven years later. And I'm seeing more and more people that, again, and it's it's cool. I, I love the fact that people are coming in with a plan and they want to run it like a business. But you're skipping step one. Get an audience. You have to get an audience. And you know why people want to skip that? It's the hardest part. I'm 13 years in. I'm still looking for now. I've got a decent sized audience at this point. I'm above average, but I'm not Dan Carlin. (laughs) So I'm not here to bust your bubble. Quite more the opposite. I want to speak the truth and let you know. Because I don't want you to be one of these people that comes in and records seven episodes, waits for money from he- from heaven, and then they quit. I want you to come in with realistic expectations and work first on creating that crowd, that audience, get to know that audience and that crowd, and then come up with a product or a service or something that will help that crowd. But that's not going to happen in seven episodes. It might not happen in seven months. Now, Noah, Noah, again, gives us hope. And while Noah didn't consult me on this, he did say he listened to the show. 
what is my number one strategy for growing your audience? Number one, know who your audience is. Who do you want to listen to this thing? Number two, go to where they are. Great. Number three, make friends with them. Or in this case, he made friends with the hosts of those shows. And number four, he told them about his podcast. Now, in this case, when he did that, he paid to do that. But nonetheless, he went to where his audience was. He made friends with people. He told them about, he, he brought value. And 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 because we had value going, he then told them about his podcast. And it's one thing to get people to listen. It's another thing to get people to come back. And that is how, I, if somebody asked me, what's the, what's the cheat sheet of growing your audience? That's it. Know who your audience is. Go to where they are, listen to them, because that's where you get the ideas for your episodes, be friends with them, bring value to every conversation, and then tell them about your podcast. Because really, it's not who you know, it's who knows you, to quote the one and only Glenn Hebert. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to start your podcast, I have 16 courses, hours that you can watch on everything from planning your podcast to how do I select my equipment? How do I build a website? How do I get it into Apple podcasts and all these directories? If I want to make money, how can I do that? All those courses are there immediately. The minute you sign up, you can start watching those. You also get my private Facebook group. Love this group. You want to talk about a safe place to ask questions School of Podcasting private Facebook group. Now, what if you want to ask me? You can email me anytime. And when you're a member of the School of Podcasting, you get top priority of me answering your email. Plus, twice a month, I do live Q&A. And what's great about that is not only do you get to ask me live, the other members show up and we share screens and swap links and all sorts of fun stuff. I would love to have you on the School of Podcasting. Simply go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. I haven't fixed that page right now. So if you want to see it, you can see it in its horrible situation as I record this on September 2nd, 2018. Maybe after it, maybe I've changed it. Hopefully so. But I hope to see you on the inside. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time.